podcast is sponsored by Allergan. Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're here today with Dr. Nina James. Dr. James is owner of 2020 Eye Care in Huntsville, Alabama. This podcast is part of our Empowered OD series. Dr. James, welcome. Thank you for having me. So exciting to talk to you about leading an empowered staff. Um, Empowerment and leadership do go hand in hand, and uh, doctors who see the value of of leadership, like you do in your your own career, um, often want to extend that. And, and cultivate that leadership qualities in, in their staff members. So can, can you tell us why it's important to empower staff? Well, we're all human and we're all just one person. So if we can make, you know, many extensions of us, we can make even bigger of an impact. Um, and more in this day and age, especially people are seeing the whole office. If you look at Google reviews or you hear about word of mouth, people say, Um, That is something that people are mentioning, you know, their office is well run or well organized or the staff is friendly and knowledgeable. Um, And there's just so much value. The staff can really help you to educate and empower your patients themselves. They can make your life so much easier the more they know. Um, Mm -hmm. They can really be a valuable part of the patient care and patient experience and not just go through the motions. Um, And the more they know, the more likely they are to value the job, value the patients and the practice and you as the practitioner, um, the more likely they are to stay as well. Um, People, that's one of the things that people want in a job is their own empowerment and their own learning. Um, And you may, you know, never sell anybody short just because maybe they didn't pursue a formal education doesn't mean they're not looking for education still an initiative. That's interesting. Right. Right. And, and, so in in your practice um how how does that kind of work what what do you do to 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 first of all to to empower this the staff and and also as as an OD how difficult is it to to kind of let go of some of those tasks that you're empowering others to do for you now it is difficult and especially, you know, myself and a lot of business owners in particular are kind of control freaks. And so, yeah, it is, it is hard. And at first I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's easier to say, you know, I could just do it myself and then it's done and I don't have to explain it to anybody. It's done the way I want it, but that can, that doesn't pay off in the long run. You know, that's very myopic and short term thinking. If you, you know, look at the bigger picture, you can then spread your wings onto new things. You can accomplish so much more. You can continue to learn and grow. And then you also have a new lens on the old tasks that you were doing. Somebody else, again, just because they're not the owner or the doctor doesn't mean their opinions um, is not are not valuable. And so they may have a new take on it, um, which brings something different. And it's always good to just re-examine things. You know, life is always changing. Um, your practice and your patients and healthcare is always changing and evolving. And so it's helpful. We really make it a point to reevaluate things. And especially I took over, you know, a successful, strong medical minded practice, but we never want to do anything just because it's the way it was always done. So I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, but again, we don't want to do things just because that's how we've always done it. We want to do things because we feel like it's the best way to do things. Um, so I really, del- I really emphasize that from when the staff is hired, we 
hire them with the expectation you are to learn about eye care, you are to be passionate about eye care, um, you are to take on new jobs and things like that. I don't ever want to hear, you know, that's not my job or I can't do that. Um, so we start with that expectation and then we really hone on it and focus on it for the first 90 days, which is what we call a trial period. Mm-hmm. Um, and different states have different laws, but we call it that regard. You can call it whatever you want. And so we have, they have a checklist that they're given and they have a list of eye terms that they're given. And regardless of their experience, they have to bring that eye list back to me and with their handwritten answers or typed answers on it in their own words. And mm-hmm. we go through it. Um, and then they have to bring that checklist to either me or a manager every single week. And that is their responsibility to find the time, you know, make sure that I find the time to do it. And we go through it and prioritize, you know, what all they've learned, what all they want to focus and there to tell me what they want to focus on learning next week. And then I kind of say, yeah, but also this, or let's do this, but not that. Um, so that's a really big deal. And then we do some kind of fun things in that time too. Like I take each new hire to lunch within their first 90 days. And then I take each staff member to lunch. I have almost 12 staff. So what works out to do once a month. Mm. Um, So including my other doctors, we have 12. And so I take each staff member to lunch once a month and um, we are once a year. um, So I do it every month, but it's Mm -hmm. just for fun. We don't even always talk about work, but that kind of gives us that outlet to just chat about each other's families and dogs and hobbies. And that way we're not, constantly doing that at work and then we feel like we know each other a little bit more um and then we do do like we encourage them to take the cpo and take different certifications allergan has a wonderful program that um the tech alliance that i've um plan on implementing more um so there's formal trainings like that and we put that in there in the staff's goals you know this is your six-month goal is to study for and pass the cpo um, we used to go to conferences more often, but now that that's become a little hard. So <laughs> right. we, a lot of times I'll just, if I see a good article in a magazine, I'll tear it out and pass photocopy it and pass it around, or I'll make one copy and make them all initial it. And they each have highlight in a different color, something that they found valuable out of it. And so that's a fun, just real simple activity um, to do. Sometimes we'll send out, little messages that says whoever answers, you know, what are the different layers of the cornea? Whoever answers this question first correctly in the message gets a $5 Starbucks card. Mm. Um, We just try and do little fun games like that periodically. Um, And then we have a lot of meetings. Um, I do find that meetings are important and that, that you have to have a written agenda and written notes from the meeting to refer back to. Um, so we do big staff meetings and then we do smaller like team meetings or one-to-one meetings. So, so Dr. James, this sounds like, um, a lot of work for you. (laughs) Is it, or, or is that also part of what you've delegated? So yes, I have definitely delegated a lot of it now. I did do it all myself at first and I, I won't tell you that that was right or wrong. I don't really know, but now, yes, my office manager does a lot of this. So she has on her calendar and everybody can see it um, monthly or quarterly one-to-ones with each staff member. And it's just 10 minutes and it's first thing in the morning. So that way it doesn't, you know, get forgotten about and it doesn't run long or get into chit chat or anything. You know, it's just 10 minutes and they're supposed to come prepared. We have a little rubric that they use 
Um, and so that's their chance to kind of express any concerns or ideas and for her to give them any feedback. And it's just fun. It's not a formal review. There's no raises or, you know, anything associated with it. It's just mm -hmm. supposed to be for fun. So she does that. Um, and that she usually does the agendas for our meetings. I kind of review them, but she does all of those. Um, and yeah, the staff that has the CPOs, um, there is one that keeps up with continuing education and things like that. Um, our office manager also sets up um, consulting sessions. So I don't know if you want me to name specific companies, but we do have a company that we do um, consulting with. So she'll set up little sessions for them um, when the, on Friday afternoons, usually like when the office is closed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely have delegated a lot of it, but I do oversee it. And the key is to kind of make it fun. You know, this is, you spend almost as much time with your work family as you do your real family. Right. Um, and then at the end of, if you think of it as an investment, it's not as much work. And at the end of the day, it does make my life easier. So I'm spending less time doing other things because they're now capable of doing it. So then I can spend the time I spend on this is not such a burden. Right. Right. So, um, and and that's an important element because that's that's really the why behind the whole the whole thing of having a, a an empowered staff right it it what does what are you able to do now that you you know weren't perhaps as as able to do when you first took over the practice so i'm definitely able to spend more time looking at new technologies and new efficiencies um you know i always did ce but now we're able to really go one step further and explore um, and then I do spend, you know, I have them look at new um, administrative strategies for, you know, patient efficiency and experience, but I'm able to, you know, explore that a little bit more with them as well. Um, so that's great. And then just integrative care, I'm able to, you know, work more hand in hand with other providers in town, and which is, that's something that can be very tedious and time consuming to, you know, make phone calls and send emails. Um, I like to look up studies for my patients and now I can give I have like a um a log of kind of different studies and different patient really more in-depth patient education um, mm -hmm. and now my staff can right know where to go mm -hmm. and print that and hand that to them um and explain and just say if you have questions you know you can message the doctor through the portal or I can have her come back to you if I have time um but that way the the staff is kind of more knowledgeable to to administer that patient education and then I can spend more time cultivating it hmm. um, so that's been really great and just kind of work down our goals list too I'm finding that we were we're hitting our goals a lot sooner because I have time to tackle them a little bit more things are getting you know it's less often that things are getting pushed down the to-do list so well, that's that's interesting right mm -hmm. yeah so it sounds also like sort of the 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 level of care and communication is perhaps a, a, maybe more consistent? Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and exactly. Then the staff can communicate with your patients, and I'm not having to explain to them, you know, how to take their drops and what this coupon means and, you know, what this drop means. I'm not having to field phone calls or questions. The staff can answer those questions over the phone, and the patient feels, you know, reassured and taken care of and everything um, and we just do believe in documenting, you know, everything has to be documented in the system. So if they say something that they're not sure about, they message me. And then if I need to correct it, I do. And then mm -hmm. the patient gets the correct information and it's been a learning experience for them. 
Um, well, that that's actually a really good good point because I, I think that's um, maybe a, a perceived barrier or or scary point. <laughs> if you if you empower staff, there are bound to be some mistakes. How do you handle those? Yeah, there definitely are. And so I try and when it comes to patient interactions, I try and you know, preface it and set them up for success. So I tell the patient, okay, now, you know, this is so-and-so and and they're going to go over a little bit more about your condition and, you know, how I want you to take your drops and every, how I want you to take your medication, things like that. If you have any questions, they can have me circle back around or they can reach out, you know, connect you to me via the patient portal. So that way the staff knows, or the patient knows that the staff is not just doing this on their own, that I am wanting this to happen and that they, that's not the end of the line. They can reach back out to me if they have other questions. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, so that way if there's a mistake, you know, I'm hearing about it, but also, um, and then I never say she said it wrong. I always try and, you know, justify it and support them too. That makes them feel more comfortable in the patients as well. And if there is an issue, we have a messaging system. Um, we have one that's in our EHR. So it is tied to the patient chart and it's, you know, very official. And then we have one that's just um, on the side and it's unofficial. And so we don't use anything HIPAA related or patient related in there, except for maybe initials. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those have private and public messaging abilities. So if it's a mistake, I'll usually just send it to that one team member privately mm-hmm. and say, you know, you're not in trouble, but next time try this instead. Um, and then we have a record of it too, because if we do find that the same staff member is making the same mistake over and over again, it's all there and documented. Um, and if right. it's something that could be a constructive learning experience for everybody, I would, I probably wouldn't name names, but I would send it out to the whole staff. Like, Hey, if a patient says this, this is how I want you to handle it. Right. Right. Um, and then if we need to have a meeting about it or make it more formal than we can, but, mm-hmm. but I find those messages are really helpful. Um, and at first it seemed un- impersonal to me, but it's so much, it's helpful because it's in writing and then it's with the patient chart a lot of times so they can see the details with it. And then you don't have to make time to go and talk to each other. It's a little bit less awkward. Everybody can digest it on their own too um, and look <laughs> back at it as needed. And it, it does save yeah. time. You can type a message up in 30 seconds instead of having to go and find the person and talk to them and remember to do it. Right, right. So so the communication between you and the staff um, also sounds like it's, it's, it's very respectful. Yes, yes, you do have to respect them. You know, we're we're a team and they can they can make or break you sadly enough. You know, you want them to be on your team. And I try and really make the practice um I try and make them have ownership, make them feel connected to the practice. Like I try and use terms like our patients and our practice and mm-hmm. our office, our mm-hmm. building. Then they just respect it all more and I want their feedback on it. You know, sometimes I don't notice, oh that chair is looking ratty. And I'm like, okay, we'll come, you know, you need to make that noted and put it on the chopping list so that we can budget for a new chair and then take that chair and physically put it somewhere else. You know, I can't go around and look at all the chairs all the time. If they Mm -hmm. happen to see something, they need to come up with it. Or, hey, maybe another blood pressure cuff would make the patient experience a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, little, I try and always challenge them to come up with ideas. And then when it's possible, you know, do their ideas or when it's not possible, explain to them why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I really want them to have ownership of it because then they take it more seriously. They're not just punching the buttons and going through the motions. They're really 
um, you know, excited about it and looking for how we can always make things better. And then they feel proud of it. Right. Right. And I think the, we, we've talked about this before too. You, you, you don't call them the girls. Yes. I do try and say the team or like gals or something more fun. Um, because yeah, everybody wants to feel respected and like part of a team and part of something and not just the staff. Um, so we, and we really do, we spend a lot of time together. And then that's another thing. If they know about eye care and they know about our office, then that tends to be something we can all relate to or bond over because everybody comes from different walks of life. Your, Mm -hmm. your teammates or your coworkers are not always people you would choose to hang out with. And then we just don't want a lot of gossip and social, um, it's not productive to have a lot of chit chat in the office. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that's where, this is your place to get away from that. If you got a bad day at home, leave it at the door and come to the office and talk about eyeballs and just be a nerd and, you know, or talk about the office and what we <laughs> can do better. Um, so it really gives us a common ground that we just talk about eye care and talk about being the best team, the best office that we can be and, you know, what we can do for our patients. And I always tell them to, I always want them to appreciate their job. You know, you can go get another job if you don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, And so we're blessed enough to be able to come to work every day and to be able to, you know, impact people's livelihoods and their, um, their joy and their vision. Um, You know, so not a lot of people get to, you know, I say you have the opportunity to make 30 people's days every day. Mm -hmm. Um, That interaction with that patient, you have maybe the only person, especially now, the only person that they've seen in weeks. That may be the only smile, the only how was your day that they get. So make Mm -hmm. it count and make it good. Um, so I really try and make them feel like their job is super important and everything about it, not just, you know, that cover test that they did or that chief complaint that they did. Every single thing about their job is important. That's really nice. And it also sounds like you work to make it fun. Yes. Yeah, that definitely helps. So we do, and you, I'm pretty cheap. So at first, and the <laughs> owner, the previous owner was stingy as well, and he was a good businessman for it, and he taught me that. Um, and really ingrained that into me to where it like almost hurts to spend any money. But you know, life is short, you do have to spend a little money on fun, and things like that. And then there are really cheap ways that you can do it to make it fun. Like we'll do, you know, little crafts where we get like kids finger paint. And you know, we use just a paper towel and share the finger paints and, and we painted little um, wooden pumpkins for our Halloween. And I think I gave them like a $45 budget to for craft supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just sat um, right outside the office and painted pumpkins. And now they had something to go home with and remember us by and, you know, just little fun things like that. And then a lot of times we do end up chatting about off, you know, those kind of candid discussions are where you actually do learn stuff too sometimes, but right. if nothing else, it is fun. Right. And, and probably they learn about what other people do a little bit too, you know, that they're not, as siloed perhaps when you have those, those opportunities. Exactly. And I do actually, we try and do a lot of cross training and transparency for a while. We did have each staff member. Um, so we do have them all constantly update their job descriptions too. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and then those are passed around so that everybody sees what everybody else does in the office too. And then they kind of appreciate each other when they, so I'm just a firm believer in like things need to be in writing because it, if you see a, a list of everybody's job descriptions are about 15 thing, you know, 15 bullets long, 
um, it just looks really nice to you and makes you kind of feel like, okay, everybody's pulling their weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you need to refer back to it, I want to learn this. You can see, okay, so-and-so is who's in charge of this. This is who I can go to to learn or who I can ask Uh, about this. So yeah, things in Mm -hmm. writing and then having them like laminated and in binders and in their place organization is really helpful too. And that way people are not, if somebody's out on vacation or sick, um, we're not looking for things. Everything's in its place. Um, as harsh as it sounds to say, we want to be kind of um, robotic and replaceable in those, in those aspects that, you know, if you can't come into work tomorrow, somebody knows exactly what, where your stuff is and what you do. Right. And, and even obviously you don't want to be robotic and replaceable, but, but even the idea that staff members don't have to come to you for every answer, you know, that they can go to, they can go to a book and they can, they can look it up where they know who, who knows, right? (laughs) Within the office. And that's been huge for me because I used to field phone calls on my, I don't work, I don't see patients every day anymore. I spend some time with my family Mm -hmm. and um, my husband used to be like, you are constantly on the phone. Like my baby would just like walk around with her hand at her ear like it was a phone because (laughs) she saw me constantly on the phone and that's horrible. You know, why (laughs) even be off? I might as well be in clinic making money and seeing patients, you know? (laughs) Um, And now it is rare if I get a phone call in my office. They know what to do and they can do it on their own. Um, So they know where our referral lists are. They know plan A, B, and C. They know where our equipment lists are. If we need something, you know, extraneous, like an ex-ophthalmometer, they know exactly where it lives and where the spare parts live. Um, You know, they know how to go into my desk for things. They, They really can do it all. And then we have that messenger system too, which is nice. And I do have that on my phone. So that's a little bit easier to ignore than a phone call, but also right. if I choose to, to see something so I don't have to deal with it later, I can. Um, or if I want to just send out a little inspirational message or just address something really quick, I can do it from my phone, but you can also shut that off really easily and, and kind of unplug. Yeah, well, that's that's a testimonial right there. I mean, more efficient at work and more relaxed at home is uh, is is really the why behind <laughs> empowering your staff. I think. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that definitely helps, and then you don't come back to you know the chaos either. So it's it's really right. been nice, and it and it does take a little bit more work up front, but once you do it, the reward is, is so big, and your staff sees. I mean, your Patients see it too. My patients have really complimented on how efficient our office runs and how intelligent and knowledgeable our staff is and never write anybody off. So I have one more question for you. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you graduated optometry school? What would you tell your younger self, especially in terms of, of, of leadership and uh, uh, the things we've been talking about? I would say of just how important it is to dedicate time um, and money and resources for leadership and then specifically for um, leadership for balance and for delegation. Because, you know, everybody tells you, so delegate time and money for continuing education, for business, you know, development, things like that, um, for marketing, for all those metrics. But your your own leadership and um balance and and delegation of tasks is really something that you constantly need to do every single year. So I've always, you know, sat down and wrote down um, goals, life goals, business goals, things like that. But, 
you really want to specifically write down um, goals for delegation. And then that's something that I make my team do too every year is we look at and we say, okay, so what are things that the manager does that maybe she can delegate to somebody else now and then take on more tasks? So, you know, pretty, a lot of the things that I do, I incorporate my whole team to do as well. And I think that's something that a lot of people didn't, didn't tell me um, to do. And it's pretty simple. If you just, it's kind of leadership by example, you say, okay, I'm going to do this. Now you do it too. And then let's compare notes. Mm -hmm. Um, And you really have to do that every six months to every year. It's not, it's got to be a constant thing. So I like literally put it on the calendar that every six months we look at everything. And I mean, and we have a checklist too, because it's, it's everything you've got to look at like pricing at forms you have, you know, everything just needs to be gone through with a fine tooth comb because things are always um, evolving and changing. Like we updated our um, handbook to include things like vaping and social media, which wasn't even on (laughs) CBD oil, Mm -hmm. which wasn't even on, you know, the spectrum a couple of years ago. And you Mm -hmm. think it would still be relevant from just a few short years ago. Right. Um, And then yeah, to delegate things, you'd think, what could I delegate that's different from six months ago, but you'd be surprised at how much things change in six months. So I would just say to really make time every six months for delegation, leadership, um, and balance, and just kind of look at, at those three things and not just the money and the healthcare, look at those, you know, those other three things every six months, at least very, very frequently. Dr. James, thank you so much for sharing these ideas and these strategies and, and really helping to, to understand why it's, uh, it's, it's worth the time and effort to, to, to work through um, becoming a leader to an empowered staff. Yes, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate this opportunity, and it was great to talk with you today. Great talking to you, too. This podcast has been sponsored by Allergan. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WL Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WL Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.